Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me. And you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Made a decision. I'll face the sunny side head on. I had a vision of what it might be like to reach the What's up, everybody? Welcome to our special Thursday show. With We have a special guest in studio, comedian Laura House. Hello. She has Hi. her own podcast, Tiny Victories. Yes. On iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. Yeah, it comes out of Maximum Fun. We celebrate little wins. It's a 15-minute podcast. Little wins, like I sewed that button on my shirt instead of throwing it away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's nothing too small for us to get excited about. Love it. Yeah. I love that. That's so funny. That is actually a little win. It is. It's a little yeah. win. Did you mail a letter? We want to hear about it. Okay. <laughs> uh, genuinely. Stephanie gives me uh, my portion of uh, check once in a while, and it sits in my purse for months. I forget to send it. <laughs> and mm. I forget to deposit it. Yeah, there's just well, you know, once so I finally for me, do, right? Right. <laughs> I'm writing her the check out of my bank account. Oh so yeah, like, so all a of tiny a sudden, it's like, wait, where'd all my money all go? I thought I had. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Lynette cashed her check finally. <laughs> yeah, there's all these <laughs> my tiny victory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when we I do it with Annabelle Gerwich, who's a, a great author and actress, and yeah, we find when we unpack tiny victories for one. The world is so kind of, let's just say, big and terrible Mm -hmm. that we're like, you know, go for the little wins and celebrate the little victories or like fleeting joys or like one day I found a fruit I'd never seen before at the store. It was called like Buddha fruit or something and just shaped bizarrely. And I was like, I'm very old to see a new fruit. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like you think, you know, all the fruit in the world. There's. I was like, I'm well past the age where I'm pretty sure I've heard of all the fruit. And there was just something like, what? It was right. just a tiny little moment of joy at the dumb store. I but love did you that. buy it or were you just like, that's nice? No, it I was ha- very expensive. <laughs> it was curated just to be an expensive fruit. I think. It was like yeah. $16 at like wow. a giant central market grocery store in, in Texas. And I was like, wow. you know what? It's enough to grab a picture. <laughs> There you my, go. My other Just take a picture of it. Yeah, I was yeah. like, you know what? I get it. For you know what? I'm. I can guess what you taste like fruit. <laughs> and then it sits in your photos, and then eventually you post it on Instagram, and you're like, another tiny victory. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that! I got two followers from this fruit. This, <laughs> like, the, I mean, the tiny victory that just keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what we focus on. Very small, like all those little things that you're like. You want a medal for and you'll never get it. We give it to you. Verbally. I love that. Yeah. And people call in with their tiny victories. 
Wow, that's so cute. Yeah. How do you get the, like, where do they call you? Put it out on... 323-285-1675. Oh, there you go, <laughs> it's people. A, it's a hotline, and you leave a, like a message of what your tiny victory is. You finished a book, like reading one, not just writing one. <laughs> like right. You, oh, yeah. you did, you know, you decluttered an area or whatever it is. Now, finishing a book, like reading a book, I feel like that leaves tiny victory and becomes like big victory. Oh, it depends. What I have learned a couple of things. One is it's so relative, right? To the person. Mm-hmm. So there's a person who's like, I finish a book. So what? I do that once a week. Big deal. Not a victory. It's really, it's that little bit of background from the person that's like, I never finish books. I buy them all. They sit on a shelf, but I sat down, you know, like, right. so you're really un- unpacking. It is big, which is what's fun. You're really unpacking what people have overcome the procrastination or a certain amount of self-doubt or asking for what they want or whatever that, mm-hmm. that you know, old pat you're overcoming an old pattern, right. To, to right. accomplish this minor thing, <laughs> but we, but it's still like, it's not going to make news, but I don't know. It's, it's, it's fun to hear everybody's version of their, their wins. I think that's fun. Yeah. I love that. So can you tell us, tell us how you got your start. So you also yeah. have a huge background in stand up and TV writing, but I think your story about just how it all began is very interesting. Really? Well, yeah. I'm from Grand Prairie, Texas, and that's, you know, we all know that's where stars are made. <laughs> that's, um, you know, I can't think of a famous person that's not from Grand Prairie, Texas. Right. Frankly, we're all, that's just where we come from. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, as a kid, like, you know, everybody in this town, I just watch TV and <laughs> I would look around where I lived and then look at TV and be like, I want to be there. <laughs> I just want to be somewhere else. Like, it's a very charming town in retrospect, land of chili cook-offs and, you know, little, it's it's a countrified little suburb, even mm-hmm. though it's between Dallas and Fort Worth, so it's, it's near things. But I went to, I just wanted to, like, perform. And so I went to UT Austin. I went to the University of Texas at Austin. That's a hard school to get into. Now. Mm. <laughs> I'm very old. (laughs) It was a regular, it was, it was the state school that, right. You know, I mean, it was fine, but I don't, I mean, I was, listen, I'm not super bright. I'm, (laughs) yes, you are. I'm I'm like in regular near the top, but I was in honors classes and maybe middle, (laughs) Like, so I'm not, I'm not like the superstar. Okay. I was identified as a, as a little kid as gifted and talented. So I had a lot of pride in that. (laughs) And when I was older, I asked my mom about, I was like, was my IQ really high or something? She literally laughed (laughs) and she said, Oh no, you were just like, you know, part of the best of what they had. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) So, and this is a loving mother who thought well of me and she was a teacher, but she was just like, no, like you are not a genius anyway. So (laughs) I, (laughs) but she was, you know, you have a certain something. So I, um, yeah. So I was always like, I always did well in school, but also had this very strong notion that when I get into the world, I won't be that impressive. (laughs) Like, you're smart for Grand Prix, Texas. And then it was like, okay. And so that 
That has been my experience. But I know I know something about you that I, I feel like would really interest our listeners, which oh. is that which is that when you were pretty young, you decided that you wanted to be a foreign exchange student. Oh yeah. And then I did. Really? Yeah. I had a weird well, oh my gosh. I I'm so hesitant to get into anything on the topic of manifesting or whatever (laughs) stupid every now and then you know something weird and you can't explain it and you mostly don't mention it to people and you certainly shouldn't talk about it on a podcast but I go for it not not on this podcast (laughs) we talk about everything I'm like listen anything goes here but I had um eighth grade Two foreign exchange students from England came and spoke to our English class, Miss Anderson's Honors English. Of course. And everybody knows. And they came and spoke. And I just, I remember, I I had this thought, oh, I'm going to be a foreign exchange student. Like, like it was a desire, but a knowing. Like, it was more than just a, when you go, oh, I'm going to have a burger for lunch. It was right. like a, it hit deep. I remember that having the thought. Don't think about it again. Sophomore year, we have a foreign exchange student, Johnny Show. He's a very successful musician in in Europe, SJO, but it's pronounced show. Anyway, he's fantastic. He's a foreign exchange student and he's in our theater group and he started passing out pamphlets and it was like it woke up this little thing I had planted had been planted or I plant whatever in 8th grade and I was like, "Oh, that's right." I'm going to be a foreign exchange student. It like, it was just like, Oh, that's right. These are the shoes I'm going to wear today. And I, mm-hmm. I faked a, I got my parents to sign a thing so I could get more information about it without really telling. I was like, just sign this. And they weren't looking and I didn't explain and just piecemeal. I got more information and then finally had to come out with it and say like, I, what if I'm a foreign exchange student? And my mom always wanted to travel. They're very conservative middle class, hey, we don't do stuff like this, people. But my mom thought travel was important mm-hmm. and she wanted to do it and she let me do it and kind of lived vicariously through me. So they said, yes, you can be a foreign exchange student. Now where? And then I ended up choosing Norway. Yeah, I kind of snuck a Norsk. What? Wow. Fluent in Norwegian. <laughs> really? And that was your junior year, right? You left I went, the next yes, year? Yes, that's what it came down to was I was like... <laughs> I was like, well, if I can go my junior year, I won't go my senior year. Cause that's like when you're a celebrity, right? When you're like, right. you've lived for that since kindergarten. Like all the, when I'm a senior, uh-huh. you know, like you're basically going to be famous of Grand Prairie High School. And then, uh, so it turned out I could go my junior year. So yeah, my junior year, I lived in Norway the whole year, like 50 that's weeks. That's amazing. But I before she got to Norway too. You got to tell Lynette this story. What? When you stayed by when yourself. What? Oh, you want to hear my London story? Yeah. Oh, wow. And senior. Well, because I have, <laughs> I have two seniors. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This would be crazy for you to hear. So I don't know. That is such a wild story. Okay, I will try. So it wasn't before I went to Norway. So what? Oh. So there was a whole process on why even Norway? And it turns out because Johnny show was so cute. (laughs) And as with a lot of my stories, a cute boy said something to me and then that changed the course of my life. And so, but also he was so into Norway, like 
I couldn't go to France or Spain. You had to speak the language. And I didn't want to go to England or Australia. I wanted to learn a new language. Anyway, it got narrowed down to Scandinavia. And then I was like, all right, Norway. So while I was in Norway, my class that I would have been with in high school, they a teacher took the class to Europe um, every other year or mm-hmm. whatever. And so my group, a lot of my friends were going to go to Europe for with this teacher, this world history teacher. And so I being a little piggy in things that I want, <laughs> like here, I, now I want to do that. Like I'm already in Europe and I, <laughs> I was like, what if I go to England? So they were doing England and Scotland, you know, like on spring break, like a 10 day trip, England, Scotland, spring break, London, Edinburgh. Fun. And so, yeah, super fun. And I was like, "Can I? I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Mostly there. It's just a couple. It's just a two hour plane trip for me, or whatever it was." And so, I talked my mom into it, <laughs> and I. So my class is going to meet, and I had two choices with the flight. It turned out, so we're going to meet up in London. I'm flying out of Oslo. And the two choices were I could arrive Friday night. So the the class arrives Saturday afternoon. I could arrive Friday night, but then they don't get there until Saturday afternoon. What do I do? Or that same flight on Saturday. So I could arrive Saturday night, but then I would have missed like five hours (laughs) with my friends. Mm -hmm. So at, I think I was 16 years old, I sort of lied to I omitted many truths from both my parents and my host parents in Norway. And I did the Friday night flight. And my thought was, well, I'll just stay up all night. It's London. Like I was like, like from, I think my little Texas brain was like, I'm sure there's like a waffle house or somewhere to <laughs> somewhere barbecue to, like in yeah. London, uh-huh. but like, but not literally a waffle house, but like right. a, there's going to be a 24 hour, like a diner or, you know, sure. like a fish and chips waffle house that you can just have coffee but and stay 16, up and all night. That's She's insane. 16. At 16. I would be hard. I, as I recount the story and I think of all my friends that are parents, I do know how, horrifying this must must sound if you found out your kid just like flew but this was also the 80s right a different time (laughs) we were I mean I had a you know I had a season pass to six flags since I was you know 11 or whatever like we were at six flags all day long as like 11 and 12 year old girls so yeah Yeah, but so uh, my kids have done that too at 12 at 12 years old but this is different but you so you fly in I flew to London by myself and then I you know, I was like, I want to see, I had these ideas. I want to see the theater. I mean, some theater. The, I just had but theater. how did you even figure out public transportation? I know. Like, there's no Uber back then. Right. No, no, for sure there's no Uber. I, But that's kind of the deal with London, right, is you can do that. Like, you can you can subways, you know, tubes, the tube. But at 16, it. you were able to like figure out where, how to get yeah, where you needed so. to go. You, well, I had to figure out. So it wasn't a thing in Grand Prairie, you know, like big city bus systems, but in Norway I had to figure out buses. And so I think, you know, like you could find, there wasn't even, I mean, this was 1986. My kids couldn't figure out how to toast a bagel at right. 16. Oh, so I could yeah. do that. 
I could do those things. They don't so, do their own laundry. There's not a lot I'll, of, they just started making their lunches and they're almost 16. <laughs> right. But I'll, I'll and my put, older one didn't even make her lunch even senior year. So they, really? I just don't, can't, I'm trying to picture them figuring out that's a crazy. tube schedule. But if, schedule. But if they wanted to though, right? And they must do elaborate stuff that they want to do, right? See, I mean, they don't you, want, they don't want to make their lunch. So they're like, what right, do I want to do? You're like, right. Like I just learned in quotes, I'm making hand air quotes. I just learned how to load the dishwasher because <laughs> I have pretended not to know for many decades. Right. But right. I finally learned. So you get so you get to London, you figure I out get the to, tube a little bit. Yeah. No I, well, Waffle House. I don't know where I would have looked it up, to be honest. Because so there was ho- no internet. It was 1986. Right. You don't have a hotel to go to or anything. No. No, you're just going to wait for everybody to show up. No, I was going to see, I was going to do London and then meet them the next day at the airport. So this is what I did. And I honestly don't remember how I figured that out. You know what? I might've just gone, you know what? There'll be a tube map at the airport. That's probably what I did because again, no internet. It's 1986. So I, Flew in. I know I did this. I f- I flew. I wore regular plane clothes. I flew in and then I put on fancy clothes. <laughs> wow! And I went in and I threw. You could. Somebody might have told me this that at the airport you can get a locker for like two dollars or you know a dollar whatever and put your suitcase in it. So I I went in. You know I went in a little girl into the bathroom and I came out a fancy London lady <laughs> and I put my um, bag in and just took what I needed. And I took, you take a train, you know, half hour train for a dollar or whatever in, into town. And then I went to West End and I saw some play. I think it was called Decadence and it was very dirty, <laughs> but I, but like with a lot of wordplay, but a lot of just sexual, Hey, we're going to have sex wordplay. I don't, that's, that was really my impression. Wow. And I knew it was dirty, but I was also like, I'm seeing theater. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I felt very, I might as well have just been, you know, having coffee with Tolstoy or something. I felt extremely very fancy. And so then I was like, I'm going to the Hippodrome. This is the days of Princess Diana and fanciness or whatever. It's 1986. And just when you think of, okay, there's internet now and social media. We know everything about everything. But back in the day, you just a few things were filtered through like magazine covers yes. or whatever. So I just, my, my 16 year old brain was like the Hippodrome. It's a disco where Lady Diana has been. And so I did get in a cab. I remember. Cause I was like, <laughs> I got to say the, take me to the Hippodrome. Wow. <laughs> and they're like, Oi! or whatever. Like they're, yeah. <laughs> they're playing. Oi. Yeah. Oi. So I get out and I go in and I'm wearing a long coat, which to me is like the fanciest thing a human woman can wear. And I'm in, I don't, I'm wearing my shiniest shirt. I had gotten it for Christmas. It has, cause so 1986, it has like, I'm pointing at like my neck. It has like that pin we wore, like where a tie would go, Mm -hmm. like right at the, Mm -hmm. your clavicle. (laughs) Sure. indentation or whatever like i to me i am like so fancy but i am i think i was about to turn 16 so i think i was literally 15 yes my birthday was that week i was the last few days of 15 and i 
you can't see him on the me on the podcast, but everyone is, I have a baby face now. I, I always, so I look like I'm 12, um, <laughs> but I'm like, mm, mm, mm. I'm sashaying <laughs> up the steps that at one point Lady Diana had right. done herself. Right. And I, and there's a bouncer and I'm like, um, one please or whatever <laughs> I thought you're supposed to say. And he just shook his head and was like, no. And I was like, um, I was like, language barrier. Maybe he didn't understand. And I I was like, no, I'd like to. One, please. (laughs) One, please. I'm saying I'd like to come in. And he was like, no. And I was like, "Mm, I'm here to dance or whatever. And he was like, I think he said we're full. And I go, oh, like I took that in like, oh, I guess they're full. Right. <laughs> so I I turned, I started to go and then he let somebody else in and I turned around like, aha. Oh my they God. They went in, you're not full. And he was like, get out of here. Oh my God. And I was like, well, I think he actually said there's another club across the street. Wow. Which was basically like, you're not Lady Diana disco people. Also, are you... 12 years old. Where's your parents? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Hold on. Well, let's take a quick break. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. And we're back. Okay, so you go to the club across the street, right? I do. I go to the club across the street and I meet I'm j I don't know what to do in a club. I'm fifteen. I don't before I went to Norway, I didn't even drink. Like I was adamantly Southern Baptist, non drinker. It changed very quickly, but I I was just oh, you know what? I had start, at this point I would have started drinking because I was I had been in Norway for a little bit. So I think I, but I don't know what to do in like a bar necessarily. So I sit there, I I might've gotten a drink like a gin and tonic or, but I remember a man, a man like a 25 year old or something, like a youngish man talked to me, which I knew meant I was pretty, <laughs> but <laughs> he, and I think he bought me a drink. Every every mom who's listening to this, their butt is Dying. so clenched right now. I know. You know. They're like, this is how every sex trafficking story it's, starts, I, right? Totally. It's how like, a lot of bad stories yeah. start. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And I, because I really was, too, I was too dumb to know what could have transpired. Right. I just felt very, I was a confident, cocky kid. <laughs> and That's so awesome. he, I, I ended up, he, I, what happened at the bar was the, now it's like midnight or what, and I and now I'm getting sleepy. Like I did not count on getting sleepy. You know when you're just you're not you don't yeah. even sleep the first twenty years of your life. You're just do if if something's right. exciting, you're just doing it. And I was like, I'm getting tired. And he and I apologize, moms. He was like, you can stay at my place. Oh and my god, he seemed. He seemed really nice, but I'm also, t- I'm telling you at the time he seemed nice, but I'm also telling you in retrospect, he did like, you know, when there's a creep predator vibe and you know, when there's, you don't necessarily know when you're 15, but I can tell you now, like, yeah. like he was dorky, I guess is what I want to say. Like he wasn't 
super hot. You know, there's smooth. a lot of very dorky serial killers. Of course. And I, that's probably one of the reasons they are serial killers. Listen, mm-hmm. I, there's I've a lot. I've listened to a lot of murder podcasts. And there's so a, Lynette. a lot of murder shows out there. And of course it's people you can trust. And it's, but I guess I'm just, I guess I'm just telling you, I am here and alive. Yeah. But I did go home with him. And so, oh and God. it was only, and it was like, a subway and then a bus and a transfer. And it was only kind of midway through the route that I was like, huh, <laughs> how do I, huh. Maybe this I, is not the best decision. I know, um, well, <laughs> adventure, right? And so, and we go and he had like a roommate asleep. Uh, there was like someone sleeping there and he, anyway, we ended up, it was like a floor. It was very much like what I experienced later in college, pretty commonly, <laughs> you know, like the guy who's like, Oh, let's go do this fun thing. And it's like, Oh, my roommates here. We have to sleep on the floor. Like we slept on the floor, but he made a little bed for me and he gave me like his sweatshirt and Aww. we, we did. I mean, we made out a little, but we just slept like we just slept and I was. <laughs> You made out with him? Oh, yeah. No, I mean, he, I look, I was a lady at a club in London. Wow. A guy bought me a drink. I'm not going to make out with him. Holy <laughs> Lynette, shit. what am I? Some kind of jerk? <laughs> You're not a monster yet. I'm not a monster. Right. I'm, yeah, but it was like, but I remember it not being super, super charged and that he was very, like, I, I get this, I would say this in retrospect, I think he. I mean, he couldn't have known I was 15. I mean, that's, look, I can't defend him on that count. But I think he was pretty aware of, he might have been very aware of a a a significant age difference right. and was a little like, oh, we're making it. But also he wasn't, Okay, he wasn't an animal. So okay. the next day, I woke up early and I was like, uh... I got to get back to the airport. Like I had, so I, now I'm on, now we start the clock right now is like, yeah. they're going to land at like 1210 or whatever. I need to get, get to the place where I can take the train. Like I need to get to Victoria station or wherever it is uh, or Piccadilly. One of some, one of those very well-known stations and then get the train to the airport, which is in the train's going to take a half hour. And here's what happened. So I, I wake up and I'm, I kind of like sneak out. He's asleep and I like switch shirts and I'm like, and he woke up a little and I was like, thank you. And then I, then I wander down and, and I'm looking for like the bus and I'm looking on the signs and I stole some chocolate to eat for breakfast. And I was, and I, and I was, I made my way. I, I got the bus system that I, I figured out and I got back to the subway place i got on the train back to the airport and i had they were gonna land in 40 minutes the train was 30 minutes wow i made it i was gonna Unbelievable. do it the train broke down <gasps> no oh my the god the train i was like i made in the shade and right. then, i'm sorry what and they were like oh, trains, <laughs> trains. and i was like well what do we do and they were like we just sit here the train like oh to them it's so god. normal like the train just broke there's nothing we can do this is our lives and i was like um this is not okay and i get to the airport and then it's like one or whatever and everybody had they had gone to the hotel I had not written down the name of the hotel because I was going to meet up with my friends. Oh, no. So I get my suitcase out of the thing. I I change back out of my lady clothes and into my regular girl jeans. And I am like, 
what do I do? And I'm just trying to remember. And I took, I got my suitcase and I took it back to the, um, I get back on the train. So I go back in to, I go to that subway station and then I was going to, I had a phone number I could call. I remember that. Like I had some in my backpack, I had like, I'm going to make this. So I set my bag down and I, and I get on the phone and I, and I call this number to like, what's the name of the hotel or, or whatever it is. Or I had a number for the, t- like, I can't call my mom and I can't call my host parents. Right. Like, Oh, I lied. Right. I came to England by myself. Now I can't find my friends. <laughs> hey, what's the hotel? Like, yeah, I was right. like, I can't like, you cannot tell anyone. No. I, to this day, I haven't told them like, I, I, Oh really? No, I never, it's too embarrassing. So, I mean, maybe they'll hear it. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> my apologies, but I, this is a really big show. But so, yes, <laughs> I will. But Chances what, are your mom if, listens. If they're just, like, you know, it's the one I I did hear. I don't usually follow your work, but I did hear that one story and I don't appreciate it. I suddenly get in trouble for all the things. I like I get grounded. Um, but I so what so I make the I set my bag down. I make the phone call and then I I they, I got the name of the hotel. And then I turn. I was like, oh, okay. I turn around. My suitcase was gone. Oh, I. I'm not kidding. And I was, I've never been so panicked. I, this was when it was all really coming apart. Like this is what I had felt very blessed, blessed, blessed. This worked out, this worked. And now I'm feeling very cursed, cursed, cursed. Like the, like, I don't know what to do. And I, and I run one way and I run the other. And then I, I go up to the desk of, it was a little, some kind of little shop. And I said, I, I had a suitcase and I had a thing. And, and the guy said, Oh, I saw these two guys go that way with it. And my heart sinks and I, and tears come to my eyes and I, and I set out and he goes, wait, wait, wait. And then he put my suitcase on the counter. He had it behind the counter and he said, don't ever leave your suitcase unattended. Holy shit. Taught me a lesson. Well, he's schooling you. Yes. I mean, to this day, I appreciate the lesson. To be honest, like what a wake up call. But also for what I had really been getting into in that moment, that list could have been so long. Don't mm-hmm. ever fly to London by yourself. Mm-hmm. Don't ever not bring all the information you need. Go home with some guy. Right. <laughs> Try to get into the hippodrome. Right. And even go see decadence. I really just made a series of bizarre <laughs> choices. But he had my, he because he was like, what were you going to do? Mm. if two guys had gone off with your suitcase. And I was like, I don't know. Thank you. Anyway, (laughs) the hotel was like across the courtyard. Oh, (laughs) wow. Like I was, it was like right there the whole time. Like if I had just, I wouldn't even had the airport and back. Like if I had, it was, it was walkable from that subway. It was God. Yeah, so I met up with them and was just like, "Hey, oh my <laughs> like, God. If, like, hey, sorry, I missed you at the airport." And like, then just had a crazy week of drinking too much and making out with all those boys that I could. That's an amazing story, that's, right? That's, that's incredible my story. Okay, so fast forward. What? So fast forward. You didn't move to LA. You started stand up. I in started stand up in Austin. In Austin. And I had a very weird start, like when an amazing start, when people say like, how do you become a TV writer? I'm like, I will tell you what happened. It will not be useful to you at all. (laughs) And I apologize. And I think a lot of people have that story of like, I'm so sorry. 
unicorn like it's all a unicorn path right? right it's all just like this happened and uh, so I was always afraid to do stand-up but I when I got my English degree I t- I got it I got it in three and a half years which to me it was like I got it in five minutes. I really felt like Doogie Hauser, but it's just one semester. <laughs> like I was like, yeah, three and a half years, like uh-huh. not four. <laughs> yes, you did. You took some junior college in summer. Like calm down. But like, right. my head is there's, are you the same? There's nothing I'm right sized about. Everything mm-hmm. is like, I'm the dumbest person in the world or like, I don't know, I'm kind of a savant. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't I don't have any reasonable view of myself in the world about anything at all. But the problem is in this kind of a business, when you get these weird breaks, <sighs> you can't help. It's just sort of like reinforces some weird, like, I guess I'm blessed. They yeah. all like, support. I guess they all see my what's happening right. up here. Like nothing supports mental illness like this business. <laughs> <laughs> When you're just like narcissism could not well, be yeah. more nurtured by this or, you know, sure. self-obsession. Like there is just nothing, nothing like it. Mm-hmm. That's where it's really like, there's no business like it. That's no right. business. I know any mental mm-hmm. illness you have really gets a, uh, uh, nurtured. <laughs> yes. Yep. I've seen it. Yeah. Witnessed it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It, it within and without. And so, Yes, I. So what happened was, I, I after three and a half years, I told, I said, "Mom, I got my degree, and this was my plan." You're really gonna hate this as as moms. I said, um, "I want to go to New York and make it." <laughs> that was my mom's reaction. I mean, I think she probably, God bless her, I think she tried not to laugh out loud. I did the same thing, but with LA. I mean, ah. I was 19 and I was like, I was 18. I turned 19 driving to Los Angeles wow. to make it. And make I didn't it. even know what I would make it in. I was the same. <laughs> oh my God. That's why we're soulmates. Yeah. Yes. I was like, I don't know what that means, but I'm going to do, but I'm getting out of here. I'm up out of here. And there's a lot of opportunity and it's acting, yes. singing. What? Not that I was, singing. I couldn't sing, obviously, but I was singing, like, dancing, whatever it is. Comedy, I don't do it, but so- I'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was the same. I, I, and I, the vague thing I had in my head was if I have to be a janitor until Lorne Michaels discovers me for SNL, then that's what I'll do. And I literally picture myself like the, with that big floor buffer that the school uh-huh. janitors <laughs> had. Right. And as if at some point Lorne Michaels walks by and goes, you have a certain something. <laughs> like right. I was Polishing like, those floors at Rockefeller Center. Yes, exactly. Mm. And I was like, I don't know why. You have a vibe. Yes. You know what? <laughs> like he, like he walks by and notices the floors and then look and then kind of notices me. And then is like, do you do character? Do you have wigs and vests? <laughs> do you, do you? <laughs> Do you have a catchphrase and a vest? <laughs> Please come up, come upstairs with right. me. You're right. like sweeping floors, and then Rob Schneider comes along and freaking steals yes. it. Yeah, and then he starts. He he's like, I'm making copies, and I just riff with him, and then he's yeah, like, they- You're the greatest partner I've ever. And then now I'm yeah touring with Sandler. I mean, that would exactly. be my. Um, I guess that was the plan. And, but mm-hmm. my, my sweet mom, who was a teacher, I'm from a family of teachers, and she said, I hear you. <laughs> uh, get your teaching certificate. And she was smart enough, like kind of genius enough to, to know how to 
parents don't always know how to talk to you, but in this moment, it was kind of brilliant because she said, if you never use it, fine, mm-hmm. but I want you to have it. I want you to have a career, you know, in case you're, you know, yes. making it doesn't. I hear her. <laughs> In case, what, like, can you imagine the call with her friend um, ex- immediately after that call? Laura just called, Verna, Laura just called and said she wants to make, what is wrong with, what, she just graduated college, how dumb, what an idiot, like, she must have had so, she, my mom was Carol and her best friend is Verna and they would walk around the high school track and talk about everything and it must have just been the oh, longest walk and talking. talk about make what even is that make it make it oh, what she used to make good grades we had such high hopes what happened so what i did get a teaching certificate and and i finally tried to stand up it was the night before student teaching started like i finally became too afraid to not do it and so I did stay. I wanted to always be able to say I did comedy longer than I taught if I never got to do comedy professionally. And so I did uh, open mic. It went well. And then I, I taught seventh grade. I did stand up at night. I a year of open mics and then MTV, some producers from MTV came to town because, again, now it's the night. I really it, hopefully older people listen to this because otherwise I sound like I'm 168 years old. <laughs> Because this was pre-YouTube. Right. This was, I mean, we had AOL maybe, or we were about to get it. Anyway, it was like 1993 and I, so MTV came to town. I was not in the showcase. I was too new. I was just an open micer. But as with many of my stories, a cute boy said something to me and it changed the course of my life. So this cute boy was a comedian and he said, you've got to get in that showcase. He said, there's only one other female even in it. And she's not to be rude, but 40. No, it was the age. It was like, this is MTV. Right. You're 24. You're, he's like, you're cute and you're funny. But it was like, you know, you would do like a five minute showcase set. Like I had six minutes. (laughs) Like I was an open micer. I'd never even been, in the big room, you know, I had just done the little lounge, you know, stage, but I sold tickets there. And so I went to the manager and I asked, can I do the show? And I was like, I'll go first. I'll whatever. And she was like, you don't have to go first, but okay, I'll put you in the show. And she made me go first. And, (laughs) but I was, I rehearsed so hardcore. I practically hung upside down to rehearse that set. Just like if like a bomb could have gone off. And I would have just still, I knew that inside and out. And so I did the set and I did well. And it was, it was a huge win just to do well within the comedy scene mm-hmm. in Austin. Like people who I love, the local hilarious people were like, Hey, that was funny. And I was like, Oh my God, I can't, like, I can't, Amos Ewing is, and I'm on a show with, with a good friend of mine just, passed away this week named Johnny Hardwick and and he ended up being Dale on King of the Hill but like he was an Austin comic and we were anyway it was all part wow. of this big show and so what so that was already a win I'm teach seventh grade all day and then I'm you know a rock star at night doing stand-up and the next day I went to work and the manager said you need to find someone to fill in with you for you which I was like what did I do I was I was getting fired. Wait, She's, from teaching? 
No, I went to, to I went to my teaching job right, and then okay. I went to the comedy club to right. sell my tickets. Okay. Regular life. The manager at the comedy club said, you need to find someone to fill in with you for you. And I'm scared like, oh no, I, w- did I blow it? And she said, because MTV wants to take you to dinner. Oh my God. What a moment. I'm a seventh grade teacher. I mean, I take role in grade papers (laughs) and I was like, really? And MTV, the two MTV producers um, had seen me and they took me and the three funniest guys in town to dinner. And I couldn't even believe I was sitting with them. It was with Chip Pope, Howard Kramer, and really so sadly, he just passed away a few days ago, Johnny Hardwick. And I couldn't even believe I was at the table, you know, and it, and a free dinner on top of it. I was, (laughs) I was like, what, this is living. (laughs) It was incredible. And so we went to dinner with them and then showed them around sixth street and did some things. And then they called a, a, like a week later and they said, we want to do a show with you. Holy shit. And it was a, it was a longer road and blah, blah details. But, but I ended up starring on a MTV show called Austin stories. Do you remember that show? Yeah. It was another couple years, but yeah. Hold on. Let's take, let's take one more break. Lucky land casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, we're back. Okay, so you do, so you're on Austin Stories. Yeah, so uh, we do a TV show where we came to L.A. and we wrote it and we had... Um, Did you tell your mom, by the way, I made it? I, You know what is so funny is... The, I wish I had it. I did talk to them and what I had told... I had quit teaching. Did you have to quit mid-year? No. And by the Oddly, way, seventh it, grade. Jeez Louise. Yeah, I taught seventh what grade. What a pain in the ass. I, what... The weird little details kind of maybe they're a little bit important now was so our first iteration, we did a we filmed some little bits and stuff like it was the the days of Beavis and Butthead. Right. So Mm -hmm. what what's our show? Like, are we and Donald Logue did um, forgot about Donald Logue. Donald Logue did interstitials as the cab guy and Dennis Leary did certain things, you know, so we were like, are we interstitials, you know, Hey, or we Beavis and Butthead early Beavis and Butthead. They just watch videos and made fun of them. Mm -hmm. So we tried that version and interstitials and like, um, chip did a thing of like (laughs) young guy cooking show where he's really just making a a TV dinner in the oven, <laughs> but right. like acting like, you know, you're going to open this up here and pull this back. Uh-huh. Don't forget this part. And then right. the dessert's going to get real hot. Give that a minute, you know, whatever, <laughs> like as if it's a, a culinary mm-hmm. experience. And um, so, yeah, we did the, and the, so that was the first iteration and then they passed. So I went back to teaching, right? I mean, I had been teaching, but I, I had, I had kept my day job like they tell you to. And two years later, people who had passed on us went to comedy central and the people who had liked us rose in the ranks and there was some MTV retreat. I didn't know about this. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm reaching year three of teaching 
and I can't do it for another year. And I had actually put in my notification to not come back. <laughs> this is, I love the mom angle because what I said to my mom <laughs> was, mom, I'm thinking about quitting teaching. She was horrified. She was like, Laura, like, can you imagine like, mom, I've done open mics for three years. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like I'm, I'm very much on the side of my mom now, but I was like, I was like, I can't do it for another year. I was like, if I have to, you know, work part-time at Taco Bell to figure out how to be a comedian, I will, which of course, that's not what she wants to hear. Right. She was like, but what about, what about benefits? And I was like, (laughs) I apologize to all mothers. I said, mom, what about the benefit of liking your work? (laughs) Wow. What a smart ass. (laughs) What an entitled little jerk. <laughs> mom, what, um, I did, mom, I did the artist way. <laughs> like there was just no. Mom, I've done some morning papers mom, and I just really feel like I've, this is. <laughs> it, my morning pages have really revealed uh, what's in my soul chart. Um, yes, I've taken myself on some artistic dates yeah. and here's where I've landed. She was mortified for me, but what are you going to do? I'm 24 or whatever at this point. Like what can she do? And so two weeks later, (laughs) I don't MTV called and said, now we do want to do a show with you. Like like that, the, the move to comedy central of those and the rising and the rank that had been going on. I did not know. I quit teaching and then MTV called and they flew us out to LA, which already was beyond my wildest dreams. Mm-hmm. Anyone, when if somebody buys me a plane ticket to me, that's amazing, right? That's made it yeah. to me. Yeah. And some people, private jet or where I'm like, any no, plane buy me ticket, a ticket, any at all. Right. If I'm if I'm riding where the luggage goes, I'm like, oh, somebody bought me a flight. Oh, mm-hmm. I flew coach to for my first TV gig, which was Star Search. Yeah, and I was like, "Well, I don't. I guess the sky's the limit. This- I mean, I don't. What agent am I going to go with? Is it yes. going to be CAA? Like, yes. who's going to be fighting over me? Like, this is about to get crazy." And then I got two and a three quarter stars, and, <laughs> and I was back on a coach flight the next day. So <laughs> I'm. <laughs> Similar. Yes, I'm similar of just, I could not believe, like they flew us out. We're at the Universal uh, building, which overlooks Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. Like we're way 20 something floor and we're meeting with them and they're like, we think it could be this and this and a half hour and, you know, like a show. And then I was, I was like, can we go to the park for free? And they were like, yeah. And they, they <laughs> sent a PA to, so like we're flown here, tall building. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm, Listen, they're like, you, do you want to shoot a show? And you're like, could I just ride some of the rides? Can I just first? ride the new Jurassic Park ride <laughs> at the time? And exactly. And we, but that was, listen, you know me well enough to know I feel fancy if I'm wearing a long coat. So, <laughs> right. I mean, I am and grand, a shiny shirt and yeah. a shiny shirt and some kind of plastic jewel. <laughs> so, I'm Grand Prairie through and through. So, I was, I mean, this is like Auga cartoon eyes. Like, I can't even believe any of this is happening. And then they, we had a deal and we ended up on television. So, I, 
I I quit seventh I quit teaching seventh grade and one year later I was starring on a show on MTV which was international it was around it's MTV it was right. everywhere it was right. a huge show it was a show we yeah, thought of you as big... celebrities I remember knowing who you were oh, and just being like, like oh my it. god Laura House like shit uh, the people on Austin stories that was a huge oh. deal at well the time. you really yeah. kept it to yourself you really played pre- it cool that Stephanie was, <laughs> that was pre- this is the first time hearing about it. <laughs> It's true. I didn't think you'd what? come to our show. You really, you really demurred. <laughs> but the real, the real world Austin stories w- uh, preceded the real world, right? No, there had been some real world, but we were early-ish or whatever. And okay, yeah. But like they, like we met the cast of real world. Like they, we went to the video music awards and we went to mm. the. Uh, film award. I mean, I yeah, I all that MTV not. stuff is fun. It's yeah. wild, right? Yeah, yeah you would have been around. Yeah, it's yeah, it's crazy. You're in a room with like four hundred celebrities. Like right. when you're like everywhere you look, at like but you don't. You have to keep reminding yourself that you don't know them, right? <laughs> you know, because like Snoop Dogg doesn't want to talk to me or what, whatever. You walked you know? the red carpet. Yeah, I think yeah. we might have. We were there before it aired, so they were a little like, I mean, you can be here, but just, you know, shh, mum's the word. Right. <laughs> like they were like, nobody really cared yet. But So you do a season. We do a You're season. You're riding high. It's doing well in the ratings. It did do well. I was, yeah. I was actually just revisited. I, I read some articles about it. It was doing well. But then there was another structure change. Oh, boy. So people from Comedy Central then, I think, came to MTV, and then our people were not in. And so Brian Graydon came to MTV, and then he he axed it. You know, yeah. like it didn't really help him. It wasn't his show, and it was – apparently he – I just read an article because I don't remember any of it from the time. You know, at the time, you just think it's about you. Like – if at the time in a bad way, <laughs> you know, at the time up until two days ago, um, at the time and for decades after in many, many therapy sessions, there's just that thought of like, well, if I'm really good, it'll go well. Oh, it was canceled. Oh, maybe I wasn't that good. Right. You know, like it's, it's a nightmare way to think of the world, mm-hmm. but when you don't really know, like, look, shows come and go and sometimes it's political and it doesn't matter. And like one of many shows, but when a show happens to you, like, or for me that young, sure, it just was the big, you know, there's no perspective. Of to course. Be ha- like, I don't know what kind of Buddha you would have to be at that age to be like, no, oh, you know, shows come and go. Right. <laughs> You're 26. Yeah. Right. Right. On right. MTV. Right. So yeah, but it, but that's what led me to LA. And then I, I pursued acting and I've done it a little bit. I'm really not that I'm the one person in town that will tell you not really a good actor. I'm not a good actor either. <gasps> That's why we're soulmates again. I'm a horrible actress. But like a lot of people are horrible, but they do not know it. No, no, no. I knew <laughs> it. And when experience. I got a TV show, when I was hosting my own show and mm-hmm. that was like such a huge deal to me and I was so excited, but yeah. they were like, okay, so we're going to do these like kind of cold opens, like these little sketches. And I was like, <laughs> um, Ooh. let me stop. Stop you right there. Oh, yeah. I was right like, there. I really can't act. And they're like, well, of, co- of course you can. Like, you're a comedian. Like, you'll just, you'll act a little bit. And I was like, no, no, you don't understand. I'm so bad. And then I had to do this sketch. I've told you this story before. Bad, but bad what, for ske- sketch acting is. Yeah, but okay. So I, we have to do this it's sketch. in quotes acting. Okay. I think so, it makes it even harder. I'm supposed really? to be sketch acting. Yeah, oh, I don't know I'm supposed to be playing. I We go to my lady who does um, my, basically the scene is I'm like laying on a table 
and I'm getting like a, a facial or something and my nails are going to get done. And then I get a call on my phone and it's my husband and he can't find my daughter's cleats. Oh, and it's it. supposed to be like, Oh my gosh, I can't even relax. Like, I'm like, like yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like mom, what, wife. Oh, they're the cleats. They're by the front door. Right. right. Well, so, um, I, and my friend Lori was, was the head writer of the show and she'd kind of written the, the sketch out. So yeah. I'm laying on this table and then the phone rings and then I'm like, I get up and afterwards she's like, I don't know how to say this like nice, really nice. I like, I don't mean this in a bad way, but like when you got up from the table, it was like you were rising out of a coffin. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you're like, like just, I didn't even know how to sit up. Yeah. I don't- Right. I don't know what acting class they teach right. them, sitting up, <laughs> but I did sitting it Sitting up in a more natural. She was like, can you just, just like sit up? Like you're really like sitting oh, up. I was that's so, so worse. Everything I did, I was so self-conscious. Yeah, it was now just it's like, in your head oh, and you're like, I'm not are, sitting up right. I'm like, oh, I've got to sit up. I'm I was always up. narrating whatever was happening. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, oh, it. the phone's call. Now I'm taking a call. Like, how do I, mm-hmm. how would I talk to my husband? Like, I, yes. can't, I can't ever, oh if I'm not just making it up. If I'm reading that, then I'm like, I don't know how you tell me that I really would say to her, just give me the line reading. Just tell me how to say it. So right. it sounds natural. Mm-hmm. Right. How you hear it. There you go. I got, I got better at it as it went on, <laughs> but I'm saying like at the beginning, I was just like, I don't, I'm not good at this. Yeah. I was not a natural. Oh, uh, I, to- so I, I totally it. get, I totally get that. Cause there is something and there's a point where there's no fixing it. There's a, there's a point where you're pushed <laughs> off the edge with feedback where you're like, am I sitting up now? Now I can't sit up. How do humans sit up? What is sitting up? I'm sitting right. up. I'm, I'm sitting, I'm saying the line. Am I, is this sounding right? And you're, right. you're what you want it to be in your brain and it's coming out and you're like, this is uh, the best it's going to get today. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. Well this, I oddly, I kind of was a good actor on Austin stories. We were, I mean, when I was playing Laura house, um, but we, it was, it was scripted, but we would also improvise and then they would adjust the script from there. And we really wanted it to sound like at the time, like Larry Sanders ish. We really wanted it to walk the line of like, we wanted people to go, wait, is this real or is it not? And they, we were their first scripted sitcom. So we really wanted people to kind of not know if right. so there was something great about that and also that it was mine where I'm really, really terrible, I learned quickly in LA, is like auditions because I don't know, I didn't write it. I wasn't part of the process. I don't know what you're it's talking about. context. Hey, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and when you tell me to split the difference, I do not, I right. cannot, I cannot wrap it's my tough. mind. You know, you're too big. Oh, that's too small. Split yeah. the difference. Uh, I'm, what? I'm not an <laughs> air conditioner. Right. Like, I, you can't just put me on six, you yeah. know, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Like, I don't know. And making choices is just like, there's only one way. Like when I read it, this is the way it sounds to me. So like, I don't know another way to make it. Right. Do you want to go outside? Like, do you want to go outside? No. Can you make it? Do you want to go outside? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Do you want to go outside? Yes, it is. It's so weird. No, but like, but like you're, I did an acting class one time and there was this scene where it was like, it was like a, a marital breakup disillusion. And it was like, um, I did the scene and then she goes, well, I get that you're mad at him, but he, you were married to him. You also love him. And I was like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> like, can you put that in? You're mad at him, but also you love him. And I was like, mm, I don't see how <laughs> I'm mad at him or I love him. Right. I think. 
<laughs> so right. yeah, really good actor over here. Really, right. I can't wait till I get all those awards for acting. So you did, but you did some acting. I did and some stand acting, up. and then I yeah, stand, and then I got into writing. Like I just learned. I I wrote I wrote in San Francisco on web series stuff, <laughs> and again I'm very old. Before we even called it web, it was years before web series. We were what we just called internet cartoons. And I was like, I love writing. I love that I write it and then it exists in the world. And if somebody watches it, unlike my acting, it doesn't depend on how I do that day. Like my stand-up, my mood or my what. It's like you exist. It exists. It's in the world. I loved it. And then I wrote on Blue Collar TV and the George Lopez show. I sold some shows. I've written on Samantha Who and the show Mom and – uh, BAFTA winning UK show a couple of years ago and again sold some more shows and so I just wow, I that's love writing. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. We're so on hold, strike right now but yeah. Hold on Otherwise. let's take let's take one more break and then we have more interesting I have, stuff I, from Laura. I, yeah, we, said, yeah, we were talking before the show and I want to hear about a story. Oh, okay. Alright here we go let's take a break. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli I guess? Aha in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, we're back. So, Laura, before we were... Before we started the show, you were yeah. talking about an interesting story about you getting engaged. Oh, but also, do you? Well, there's two. Okay. Well, we wanted. To, well, I'll just stay the night. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, okay. First, what would come first? T- talking about finding because you're adopted. Finding my birth mother. Yeah. I, which my naturally? Which family. part of this? Which story comes first? Getting engaged, okay, comes first, okay, Cause, yeah, because I was with him and said it. I I ended up in a stable relationship. So then- Laura, you're engaged. <laughs> <laughs> We're such good interviewers. Yeah. <laughs> so so how did that come about? How, how did you meet him? How can you meet someone? <laughs> well, I had, I had been. So here's what I like. I so I met. I'm in love, and we met in our late forties, and I'm at the age where me finding someone who loves me gives people hope. <laughs> and I know Aww. this because they say that right to my face. <laughs> like people were just like, I just, you know, if you can find someone after all that, and I'm like, why don't you just pump the <laughs> right, brakes right, on right. the rest of that sentence? But it, it was like, I had been married 20 years ago, was not awesome. And then series of relationships. And then I was with someone who I thought was, final destination. And then one day we lived together. And one day he said, I don't want to work on it anymore. Oh. And I was like, oh, oh, well, I mean, I, I feel like it's something you have to do. So I guess we, we conclude like it wasn't like, it was kind of a cowardly breakup, right. Of just like, I don't want to work on it anymore. So I went through you know, it wasn't a divorce, but it was like a like emotionally for me, it was like a divorce, like, oh, the big thing. And I went through like, what do I want and who am I? And I took, here's another story that we don't have time for it. Like I took an orgasm workshop. I, <laughs> did. I, took, like, I was like, I've taken back my spirit and my, I did yeah. all the, like, 
if you, you know, um, if there's a Diane Keaton movie about your divorce thing, like that's what I was, I did all, I signed up for all the like divorce lady things that you do Mm -hmm. to like get your power back or whatever. Then I started dating and I was very like, how do I do this better than I've done it before? Like I'm, I'm today I'm 16 years sober, but you know, I was like 10 years sober or whatever. Like, how do I really do this? And, a good way. And so I, I fumbled with that. Like I, you know, I'll like, I'm impulsive. I'm impulsive and I'm compulsive. It's fun. (laughs) And so I'll start the morning, you know, intentions are important. And so I'll like, you know what, I'm just going to date like a lady. How do I do that? And by noon I'm on every app and answering every (laughs) message, you know, and like, I don't whatever. And so I had a couple of, you know, misfires and then I was so exhausted and I did, I did a, I was on several apps, but I did one, okay Cupid, which is kind of a dorky, it's a middle of the road one. It's not a right. racy and it's not a, you know, evangel, it's not, you know, farmers only or whatever. <laughs> and so I, I didn't do those, but I, I was on okay Cupid. So I just, I don't know what got into me other than just kind of exhaustion. And I just told the truth. I used to really just try to, like I used to write, I one time put a watchman, like I knew a guy who loved the comic book, the graphic novel, the watchman. Mm-hmm. And I was like, he seems cool. And I put a watchman reference. I never read, I didn't even know what it was, but I was like, here's something guys like, or like, I'm like, guys like star Wars. And I would, the headline would be like Han shot first. And like, I don't know what that means to you, but I was just like trying to signal anything. Right. This was my headline for the man I am now with. My headline was wordy, nerdy, and kind of sturdy. Oh, that's awesome. Is it? I mean, it's not (laughs) like adorable. Like people's headlines are like, I love kissing in the rain. Right. (laughs) And mine is basically like, listen, I'm uh, bookish and tired and love dessert. Anyway, (laughs) you in? You know, like it was a very... And now that I'm with someone and have more of a sense of what people really want, it's like that really is what people want. Like you might as well just like, listen, I love dessert and television. Be with me. You know, like I, a no, normal people are going right. to be like, yes, as opposed to what we put on those things sure. of like sailboats and sunsets. Nobody does that. Nobody, not Jeff Bezos, not anyone like, <laughs> right. no, like people go to work and then they just want to like eat and watch TV. That is human life. So Anyway, but I I just was like, this is it. And and I had put where you list your favorite TV shows and movies. I had also listed podcasts and comedians. It didn't even ask for that. And so I get a message from this guy and he he was like, oh, I also, I really like Mitch Hedberg. Here's my favorite Mitch Hedberg joke. What's yours? Because I had listed Mitch Hedberg. Mm. And I had worked with him, and I just want to say, like, lovely. I have a favorite Mitch Hedberg joke. Really? What is it? What's, okay, mine is uh, where he, when he goes to get a donut, and they go, do you want a receipt? And he goes, am I going to need to prove? I, I forgot how say, it goes. Uh, yeah, like, I don't think we need to bring yeah. paperwork yes. into this, <laughs> this transaction. transaction. <laughs> same. That was the exact same. Yes, that's my really? favorite. We are soulmates three times over that already. That is so crazy. <laughs> yes. That's no. so funny. I always I think about that joke anytime I go to buy, like, Any, a croissant or something like that. Anytime they say, do you want a receipt? Yeah. 
see, yeah, uh, like, same. Mm, that's why it's, am I gonna have to prove it's gonna be in my tummy? Am I gonna have to prove it? <laughs> yeah, I was like, unless you plan on tackling me as I walk to the door, it uh, yes, always all, same. There's also the um when a, when a guy hands you a flyer like out like to promote a club or whatever when a guy like you're walking down the street, guy hands you a flyer, he's mm-hmm. basically just going here, you throw this away <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and gift cards. Hey, everybody, we are having so much fun with Laura that we want to keep this conversation going. So uh, tomorrow, our Friday show, she's going to finish this story. And then she has another story that we are dying to hear. And yeah. So, Laura, thank you so much for thank being you. on our Thursday. Thanks for thank having you, me. Laura. Thank but, you. But everyone's going to be tuning in tomorrow. So, like, literally. Yes. I'll see, I'll see, see you, you then. You're a parent now. Don't F it up. <laughs>